the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And truth. This is the new Freedom 1570. KDIZ, Golden Valley, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm John Scott. Stocks opened sharply lower on Wall Street and have remained deep in the red. Following a broad sell-off in overseas markets, that was due to a spike in coronavirus cases and a very concerned outlook of the disease spreading outside of the epicenter in China. Bankrate.com's Mark Hamrick says the market will bounce back like it always does, but the question is always when. We'll be seeing things like uh, businesses announcing the impacts of this episode on their earnings. Uh, Stock prices will have to react to that. Uh, but we'll move past this, and uh, we'll be on to another challenge and opportunity for investors. The Economist analyst Mark Hamrick. China reporting 409 new cases of the virus, putting its national total past 77,000 now. It's also reporting a jump in the number of deaths, with 150 new deaths for a total now of just over 2,500. President Trump basking in India's welcoming embrace He arrived Monday, and the day opened with him addressing crowds at a mega rally. Meeting with the prime minister there, the two leaders will have discussions about trade between their nations. Also at townhall.com, a Texas Republican thinks a Bernie Sanders primary victory would virtually reassure the re-election of President Trump. Senator John Cornyn tells the Salem Radio Network he's not bothered by polls showing Sanders leading Democrats in his home state of Texas. I think uh, this portends well for uh, Trump's re-election and for our success keeping Texas a red state. Cornyn says a Sanders primary victory could cause many Democrats to stay home this fall or actually cast ballots for President Trump. As, uh, from their perspective, the lesser of two evils. Analysts say a Super Tuesday win could give Sanders an almost insurmountable lead among Democrats. Bob Agner reporting. And the Dow is down just over 3%, down 917 points. More on these stories at townhall.com. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-600-3010. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-600-3010 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-600-3010 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-600-3010. Join Sebastian Gorka and special guest Mike Lindell of MyPillow on an extraordinary 10-day adventure through Israel with the Stand with Israel Tour. It's going on December 2nd through 11th, and you get to float on the Dead Sea, visit Tel Aviv, and Jerusalem. So book your trip to Israel right now by registering at Freedom1570.com. Just past 11 a.m. on your Monday morning, my name is Jason Stormer. Let's take a look at your Twin Cities forecast for today. Mostly cloudy with a high of 36, then tonight cloudy with a low of 27. This is Dana Lash. Welcome to the brand new Freedom 1570. Join me, Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. This is Amanda. And Rob. From Eye on the Target Radio. This is Rob Jerisline from Outdoor News Radio. Welcome to the brand new Freedom 1570. The Chris Platt Show. Matt Ray. The Dan Proft Show. The Ben Shapiro Show. Hey, Twin Cities, this is Mark Levin. Join me every weekday evening for your drive home. Freedom 1570. Ringing liberty and truth. Limitless access to liberty and truth. Listen to Freedom 1570 with our free app, your smart speaker, at freedom1570.com or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and defend liberty nationwide. My show's about helping people become all they were created to be. 
Well, we all occupy a body, and we don't know how it works. We were born into it. But, man, that's a machine. And when you understand how that machine works, then you can work it more effectively. That's my outcome, to help people be able to make better decisions, have some hope, be inspired to be better today than they were yesterday, to live their life like it matters. Like It Matters Radio with Scott Black. Weekdays at 11 a.m. here on Freedom 1570. Freedom 1570's Business Benefactor Program is back next week. You'll have the opportunity to donate to a local charity and get 40 radio ads for your business. As our thank you, keep listening to Freedom 1570 for details on the Business Benefactor Program. The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Your life changes for the better when you live each day like it matters. Positive focus healthier relationships, and breaking free from trauma that's held you back. The time is now for Like It Matters Radio with your host, Mr. Scott V. Black. It's a great day to be alive. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio and life caddy, and you can call me Mr. Black. And today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to pay tribute uh, to some great black Americans. You know, uh, February is uh, natural, uh, national, I should say, Black History Awareness Month. Uh, America is littered with incredible people of color who have made an incredible impact on this country. And their impact would be great whether they were black or white, brown or yellow. Uh, but it happens to be that they were African-American, and they were key uh, in the early struggles of African-Americans uh, getting their equality uh, in this country. And, it, you know, as I've been doing this little research and very light research, the Internet's great for that. You know, I always tell people that the Internet is is more than just for looking at porn. You know, there's a lot of good information on there. And so uh, it's been interesting as I've been doing this little bit of research for this show. Uh, very impressed. Very impressed uh, and very uh, bothered by how little I do know. Uh, I've never been a big fan of the whole uh, identity politics, separating people out as black and brown and yellow and women and men and under 30 and over 30 and those with degrees and those out of degrees. I I think it separates us, uh, and we need to be unifying together. Uh, As different as uh, the best-looking, tallest uh, black man is and then me, the antithetical opposite. (laughs) Uh, 99.9% of our DNA is exactly the same. And so I believe there's far more that we have in common than we have difference. But uh, I want to tell you, uh, I'm a better person uh, for having done this study. So I want to share with you 10 people whose names you might not have heard before or maybe only heard in passing that I believe uh, uh, should be recognized. And uh, actually what, what created this is uh, I saw this article uh, on the AtlantaBlackStar.com, AtlantaBlackStar.com. It said 10 black heroes who usually go unrecognized during Black History Month, but shouldn't. Um, I, you know, uh, the part of the list is my list, but uh, there are about four or five names that I removed from there because uh, – what they acknowledged, uh, I, 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 I didn't agree with. And so uh, I took their idea, uh, took uh, probably half of their list, uh, and then added to it and changed some things up. And so do want to give a shout-out to the AtlantaBlackStar.com. So let's uh, begin the list. What I'm calling today's show, The Tremendous Ten. The Tremendous Ten. And these are uh, African-Americans uh, who uh, had a big play, a big say in the past, uh, and since it is uh, Black History Month, uh, I thought it would be only appropriate uh, that we uh, look out, reach out, understand more, uh, get to know other people uh, who maybe not in our normal path, not in our normal way of thinking. So uh, let's start the list. Uh, the first one, uh, Robert Smalls. Robert Smalls, uh, date of birth, April 5, 1839, uh, date of uh, death. Uh, February 23rd, 1915. Uh, Robert Smalls was an African-American born into slavery in Beaufort, South Carolina. But during and after the American Civil War, he became a ship's pilot, a sea captain, a politician. He freed himself, his crew, and their families from slavery on May 13, 1862, 
when he led an uprising aboard a Confederate transport ship, the CSS Planter, in Charleston Harbor, and sailed it north to freedom. His feat successfully helped persuade President Abraham Lincoln to accept African-American soldiers into the Union Army. As the politician Smalls author authored state legislation, they gave South Carolina the first free and compulsory public school system in the United States. See, you know, as I was uh, doing my study of Harriet Tubman, again, impressed me uh, that Harriet Tubman uh, wasn't just about her own freedom. Uh, she was about other people's freedom. Uh, she went back and made that long journey on the Underground Railroad 13 times, 13 times, and anywhere directly from 70 to 300 uh, slaves she freed uh, and spent years doing it. But it was impressive if you listened to Friday's show, uh, just what an incredible woman uh, Harriet Tubman was. And the same thing again in this gentleman, Robert Smalls. He saw an injustice. He did something about it. I don't know all the details. But then he actually became an example, a positive example, not just for people of his color, but also uh, for people everywhere in America. Uh, and the thing that really, uh, really impressed me was not only all the other stuff he had done, but his feet, his feet successfully helped persuade President Abraham Lincoln to accept African-American soldiers in the Union Army. And I did a little research on that. A great, great group uh, of men and even women uh, of color who really helped turn the tide of war in a terrible time in this country's history. Uh, number two of the uh, Tremendous Ten, Bessie Coleman. Um, 1892 to 1926. Uh, Bessie overcame an early life of hardship to become the first African-American to earn an international pilot's license and the first black woman to fly an airplane. Just stunning when I think about stuff like that. Coleman was born and raised in rural Texas. She showed early enthusiasm for education despite hurdles. One of 13 children. Oh, my gosh. 13 children. She devoted time to her siblings as well as to the fields during cotton picking season. She finished eighth grade at the top of her class and began working as a laundress, planning to earn enough for secondary school and college. She was only, uh, she was only able to complete one semester and in 1915 joined her brother in Chicago. World War I veterans, including Coleman's brother, were returning from Europe with stories of aviation and tales of French female flyers. Coleman founded a fighting challenge. She would become a pilot. Despite the fact that female flyers were virtually non-existent in the United States and black women could not hope to receive instruction. Indeed, a series of U.S. schools rejected Coleman, so Coleman learned French at a local Berlitz school found a higher-paying job, and saved as much money as possible toward training in France. In 1920, she enrolled at the École d'Aviation des Frères Cajun. Sorry about that. I'm butchering that, I'm sure. She was the first black woman to earn an international pilot's license from the Federation Aeronautique Internationale in 1921. She refined her technique with private lessons and soon returned home. Coleman's arrival in the U.S. was held by the black press and aviation journals as a historic event. The Air Service News described her as a full-fledged aviatrix, the first of her race. You know, as I study this stuff and read about these incredible men and women, I'm just blown away by how much adversity they had overcome. Adversity that wasn't their fault, adversity that wasn't their creation, adversity that was built in. Uh, it was known. And yet, I noticed with all these people, it didn't stop them. I, I read about these people, and they worked two and three and four jobs. They were treated poorly. They were treated unfairly. They were treated unjustly. But they didn't take that, that, that poor treatment and feel sorry for themselves. They didn't play the victim. What they did is they used it to commit, to work harder. I mean, all these people worked three and four different jobs. I'm sure they were underpaid. I'm sure they were cheated out of money at times. They saved their money. They put it away. They sacrificed. Uh, they did things that we used to teach people in this country. And now we've become a, a country of victims where everybody's blaming the fact. I mean, oh, my gosh. Look at all the wealthy black people. You look at where America is today versus the time I'm reading about today. 
And yet the mantra for many people of color is it ain't fair. And then when we agree with someone, like with the Barack Obama thing, when I disagree with someone, race is always the first thing thrown in. Well, it's solely because he's black. No, no, I'm not a racist. I don't judge people by the color of skin. But I do have a feeling when someone has a different opinion, one that I find offensive, I'm going to disagree with. Whether they're white or brown or yellow or blue, that's just who I am. So today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about the tremendous 10. 10 black heroes who usually go unrecognized during Black History Month, but shouldn't. I am Mr. Black. We'll be back in three minutes. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. If you are experiencing hair loss, let this be the year to make a new hairs resolution. I'd like to introduce you to the only permanent solution to hair loss. I need more hair.com. Hi, I'm Mike Greenlee, familiar voice with Minnesota hockey fans. If you have hair loss and want more hair, go to I need more hair.com. You will find some of the most experienced hair transplant specialists in Minnesota. Their doctors have given patients from around the world, including some of the most prominent celebrities, a full head of hair, and they can do the same for you. Here's the best part. Their technique is so advanced, the results are guaranteed in writing, and their prices are the best in the business. Prices as low as $3 per graft. Their office is conveniently located in Egan. INeedMoreHair.com will allow you to see a more confident reflection of yourself. That's INeedMoreHair.com. The consultations are free, and the results are amazing. Check out INeedMoreHair.com for complete details. That's INeedMoreHair.com. Experience you can trust. Prices you can afford. Let this be the year to make a new hair's resolution. Check out INeedMoreHair.com. I've been to training put on by Tony Robbins and Zig Ziglar, but I've never walked away with a growth experience like I did with the Leadership Awakening. Are you stuck in a rut? Have you leveled life's undulating line and flatlined your hopes and dreams? The time is now to attend Leadership Awakening with Mr. Black. Not since my Ranger training in the U.S. Army have I been pushed to see and feel the abilities I have to live life to the fullest. During this three-day life boot camp, you will clean up your thinking and restart your heart, helping you have the passion and enthusiasm your life's been missing. My heart was spiritually mended. I'm excited about living my life like it matters. By far the best 46 hours I've ever spent. Graduates leave Leadership Awakening refocused with the biggest feeling of self-confidence and a renewed passion and enthusiasm for their business and their personal lives. Call now and commit to giving and getting more from life. 817-502-1554 or email me at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, your radio life caddy, radio life host. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, man, hopefully you're not just listening to the show. I want this show to be inspirational, educational, and applicational. So if you miss any of this radio show, just invest an hour of your day. Uh, go to likeitmattersradio.com, likeitmattersradio.com. Uh, and you can listen to this and many other archive messages. My outcome's always threefold, inspiration, education, and application. Uh, and if you're interested in truly changing your life, if you're interested in truly living your life like it matters, like these tremendous 10 I'm talking about today, go to likeitmatters.net and check out our uh, impact of transformational leadership training. Matter of fact, this Thursday I'll be here uh, in Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, with a group of 20 people, big class, big class, uh, changing lives. And so that's what we do, whether it be on the radio or in the classroom. Uh, here at Like It Matters, we change lives. So we've been talking about 10, 
10 successful, uh, unrecognized usually, uh, people, leaders from our past who happen to be black. And we are celebrating Black History Month, so I want to uh, reach out and uh, acknowledge uh, these 10 great leaders, black Americans, who were uh, prominent in the civil rights movement and getting equality for people of all races, of all colors. Uh, I covered already Robert Smalls and Bessie Coleman. Again, if you missed it, go to likeitmattersradio.com so you can get it. Now let's talk about Richard Nathaniel Wright. Richard Nathaniel Wright, getting a little more current, born 1908, died 1960. Richard is one of America's great literary figures. He was also one of the first African-American writers to receive international fame and notoriety. He was a prolific writer. He became the first black author to have a best-selling novel. Uh, Richard Nathan Nathaniel Wright was an American author of novels, short stories, poems, nonfiction. Most of most of his literature concerns racial themes, especially related to the plight of African Americans during the late nineteenth to mid twentieth centuries, who suffered discrimination and violence in the South and North. Mr. Wright used stunning prose to address themes of race, gender, politics, and the struggles for individual freedoms. Uh, Richard was born September 4th, 1908, uh, at Plantation Roxy, Mississippi. He lived with his maternal grandmother in Jackson, Mississippi, from early 1920 till late 1925. Here he felt stifled by his aunt and grandmother, who, quote, tried to force him to pray that he might find God. He later threatened to leave home because grandmother Wilson refused to permit him to work on Saturdays, the Adventist Sabbath. Interesting. In 1923, Wright excelled in grade school and was made class valedictorian of Smith Robertson Junior High School. Determined not to be called an Uncle Tom, he refused to deliver the principal's carefully prepared valedictory address that would not offend the white school officials. And finally convinced the black administrators to let him add a compromised version of what he had written in September of that year. Wright registered for mathematics, English, history courses at the new Lanier High School in Jackson, but had to stop attending classes after a few weeks because he needed to earn money. See, again, here's a young man taking care of his family, a young man raised by grandma, uh, a young man uh, who was driven by a lot of pain. And I read some of his poetry. Oh, my gosh. One of the most gut-wrenching. Don't remember the name of it, uh, but it was brutal about, uh, I don't know if it was what happened to him or what happened to someone else, but I, I couldn't read the whole thing. It was so graphic, uh, disturbing. But a lot of his work has been in haikus, uh, really famous for the five haikus, really intelligent, driven man. But interesting, unlike most of the ones I talk about, uh, not, uh, at least from what I read, a man of God. Uh, now, you know Rosa Parks, right? Uh, I wouldn't be doing 10 unnamed people that we don't hear about a lot. Well, you know Rosa Parks. We all know that. On December 1st, 1955, Rosa Parks, a 42-year-old African-American seamstress, refused to give up her seat to a white man while riding on a city bus in Montgomery, Alabama. For doing this, Rosa Parks was arrested and fined for breaking the laws of segregation, and she went on to become an icon who passed away recently. But you know Rosa Parks. Do you know Claudette? Colvin. Claudette uh, was born September 5th, 1939. So on March 2nd, 1955, a few months before, right? A few months before uh, Rosa Parks' famous arrest, Claudette Colvin was dragged from a Montgomery school bus by two police officers, arrested and taken to an adult jail to be booked. She was only 15 years old and was the first person to be arrested for defying bus segregation in Montgomery. Her arrest and her story has long since been forgotten, but it provided the spark for the black community in Montgomery that ultimately led to Rosa Parks' actions, the bus boycott, and the Supreme Court ruling to end segregation on buses. Again, Claudette Colvin, an unspoken hero at 15 years old, uh, without any prompting, uh, without the support of a large organization, was the first. So, uh, we know Rosa Parks is recognized as the first, but it was actually Claudette Colvin, a young 15-year-old black girl, young lady. What an impressive young lady. <clears throat> Benjamin Singleton. 
1809 to 1991 years old back then when health care was nothing incredible. Benjamin Papp Singleton was an American activist and businessman best known for his role in establishing African-American settlements in Kansas. Held in slavery in Tennessee, Singleton escaped to freedom in 1846 and became a noted abolitionist, community leader, and spokesman for African-American civil rights. He returned to Tennessee during the Union occupation in 1862, but soon concluded that blacks would never achieve economic equality in the white-dominated South. After the end of Reconstruction, Singleton organized a movement of thousands of black colonists known as Exodusters, that's funny, Exodusters, uh, to found settlements in Kansas. A prominent early voice for black nationalism, he became involved in promoting and coordinating black-owned businesses in Kansas and developed an interest in back-to-Africa movement. Interesting. Matthew Henson. Matthew Henson. Born to sharecroppers on a farm in Nanjamoy, Maryland. Matthew Alexander Henson became the first African-American Arctic explorer. Isn't that incredible? And is credited by many as the first man to reach the North Pole in 1909. Henson was an associate of the American explorer Robert Peary on seven voyages over a period of nearly 23 years. Henson survived as a navigator and craftsman, traded with uh, Inuit, and learned their language. He was known as Perry's first man when it came to tackling the arduous expeditions. It's the same thing about Magellan. Uh, Magellan, Ferdinand Magellan is credited as the first man uh, to circumnavigate the globe, but he wasn't. Uh, it was actually, uh, he actually died in the journey. And I think it was three or four ships that they had when they did their journey. But it was actually, I don't know if he was um, black, but it was one of the slaves, one of the... Uh, uh, indentured servants. I don't know what technically his classification was, but he was on one of the boats and he kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going. And he wound up right where he had started over a year later. Uh, he was actually the first person to circumnavigate the globe, um, circumnavigate, not Magellan. Martin Delaney. <clears throat> Martin Delaney. Martin Robinson Delaney. Uh, born May 6, 1812, uh, died January 24, 1885, was an African-American abolitionist, journalist, physician, and writer. He was born free in Charlestown, West Virginia, then part of Virginia's slave state. Uh, Delaney was an outspoken black nationalist, arguably the first, and is considered by some to be the grandfather of black nationalism. He was also one of the first three blacks admitted to Harvard Medical School, Trained as an assistant and a physician, he treated patients uh, during the cholera epidemics of 1833 and 1854 in Pittsburgh when many doctors and residents fled the city, but he chose to stay. Active in recruiting blacks for the United States Colored Troops, he was commissioned as a major, the first African-American field officer in the United States Army during the American Civil War. And man, as I read more and more, I've been studying uh, a lot of black people. There was a lot of units of black Americans that fought during the Civil War and had a huge impact, a huge impact in the outcome, something that's not mentioned much. Henry McNeil Turner. Henry McNeil Turner, February 1st, 1834 to May 8th, 1955. Henry Michael McNeil Turner was a minister, politician, and the first Southern bishop of the AME Church, right? African Methodist Episcopal Church. Uh, born free uh, in South Carolina, he moved to Georgia after the American Civil War, where he pioneered in organizing new congregations for the independent black denomination. Angered by the Democrats gaining power and insulting, instituting Jim Crow laws in the late 19th century South, Turner began to support black nationalism and the immigrants of blacks to Africa. He was a chief figure in the late 19th century to promote the movement, which expanded after World War I. Interesting, again, <clears throat> if you don't know history, you never know uh, that it was Democrats uh, in the South that did the Jim Crow laws. It was Democrats, uh, Democrats that fought the civil rights movement. Uh, it was Republicans and Ronald Reagan 
who uh, freed the slaves, who signed the Emancipation Proclamation. Again, we don't know history. Uh, and somehow it got skewed. And somehow blacks have become part of the Democrat Party in a lot of ways. Uh, they're not free in the Democrat Party. They're used as tools. They're manipulated. Why do you think the biggest fear uh, for black leaders in the Democrat Party? And they got to make you believe that Donald Trump is a racist. Because if Donald Trump gets as many as 20% of the black vote, which people believe he could get 30%, uh, Democrats have no chance. And they know it. They've been taking the black vote for granted far too long. And Mr. Trump's get ready to treat them the proper way that they should be treated. I am Mr. Black. We'll be back in three minutes with the Tremendous Ten. Here's a real student testimonial from Like It Matters Leadership Awakening Training. The way we met Scott was through an answered prayer. We had a, uh, a business associate who recommended a leadership training process. Initially, you know, I had been through uh, just a series of all kinds of leadership training and felt like I had been trained as much as I possibly could. You know, we went and went hesitantly. But the one thing, it would have to be consistent with my faith. And uh, it was your awakening class. And uh, that class was absolutely not only uh, the the answer to prayers, uh, business, but personally. It gave us the tools and it gave us the foundation to be able to really formalize and verbalize our values. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Limitless access to liberty and truth. Listen to Freedom 1570 with our free app, your smart speaker at freedom1570.com or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and defend liberty nationwide. Parkinson's disease is a neurological movement disorder affecting an estimated 1 million Americans, including many under age 40. The American Parkinson Disease Association is the largest grassroots network in the United States, working to help ease the burden and find the cure for those coping with Parkinson's. Visit APDAoptimism.org today to find out how you can help millions live with dignity and optimism. Your action today will help APDA put an end to Parkinson's disease. Your first year of Christian school is half-priced through TwinCitiesTuitions.com. If you see public school as a negative influence on your child's faith, it's time to make a change. To find out more about our half-priced Christian school tuition program, visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, and today we are focusing on the education. The education, uh, and I like to say education is not the learning of facts, uh, mere facts, but the training of the mind to think. And that was actually uh, Albert Einstein's definition. I've just co-opted it. Uh, but today we're really focusing on the education piece, but now it is uh, a learning of facts. It is about that because the fact is uh, there's a lot of great people uh, in the history of this country that most of us have never heard of, never heard of. 
uh, white, black, uh, Native American, brown, yellow, uh, Hispanic, uh, I mean, I don't know, uh, European, white, I mean, lots of different people uh, have made a huge impact. I mean, if I was to ask each of you listeners for the one person in your life who's made the greatest impact, most of you would probably pick someone who's changed your life, who poured into you, who uh, most people would never know of. And so we have some of these famous people in our lives that have made a huge impact, that have given us the gift of life, given us opportunities, right? We're either a conduit or a cistern. A cistern holds things. A lot of us have been poured into, uh, and yet we hold on to that, that blessing, that value, that, that wisdom. And yet we're supposed to be a conduit, a pass-through agent. Uh, and so today, in uh, celebrating Black History Month, uh, I thought I would identify some some people of color uh, who are great leaders, uh, not just in the African-American community, but in America, uh, and uh, acknowledge those, identify those, and it's been a fun process for me. I've learned a lot uh, about uh, different people, uh, reminded of, of our terrible past as a country. We don't wipe it out. We don't forget it didn't take place. We learn from it. We learn from it. And the stunning thing is that we can treat people who look different so poorly, people who think different so poorly. And there's an old saying, if you don't learn from the past, you're doomed to repeat it. History, we can't live in history, but we should learn from it. And we should have learned from this whole slave thing and the way we treated people of color. Um, Like Dr. King said, that uh, we should be judged by the content of our character and not the color of our skin. And I'm stunned at how many people of color haven't learned that lesson. Because to read about and see about how people of color were treated unjustly, brutalized, killed, tortured, maimed, sold off to prostitution. So, and by the way, there are people around the world be, that's being done to today. So it's not just history. It's happening today still. Maybe they might not be all people of color, but they're people. Who cares what color their skin is? It's a living, breathing human being. All life has value. Black lives matter, blue lives matter, white lives matter, uh, unborn lives in the womb matter. All life matters. That should be our standard. Uh, and if it's wrong to treat someone poorly because of the color of the skin, it is. We, we have history of it in why we treated black people, how we treated Native Americans, how we treated Chinese people uh, during World War I. I mean, we got a history of that in this country. Uh, and there's a lot of people have no color that have been treated poorly. Uh, maybe not because of the lack of color of their skin, but for lots of different unjust, unfair reasons. Why I say all this is we should learn from the past. And now we have racism that's going rapid. I've never seen racism okay, except when I read about it back in the 1800s. But today, again, racism's okay, right? Uh, well, yeah, you know, racism's using skin color to make decisions. You like someone or don't like them based on the color of skin, that's racism. Uh, you you want to hire someone or fire someone because of the color of their skin, that's racism. Uh, you want to uh, uh, connect with them on social media or, or disown them on social media because of their skin color, that's racism. Now, the difference is it's not, a, it's not pointed now towards people of color. It's now pointed at people who don't have color. So if you're white, you're told to shut up. You have no opinion, you have no say-so, you have no value. Well, if that is wrong to say as a white person to a black person, which it is, why would it not be just as wrong for a black person to say that to a white person, which is in? If it was wrong to say whites only, which it was, why is it today okay to say blacks only? It's still wrong. This is what I don't get. Uh, so what some people out there are saying it was only wrong when people of color were treated that way. But if you treat people that are white that way, it's not wrong. It's, again, this is where the education, remember, it's not about learning of facts, but the training of the mind to think. You know, you, you got to realize it was wrong. You know, they, when they're talking about the Germans in World War II, they came for the trade unionists, but I wasn't a trade unionist, so I said nothing. Then they trade for, came for the socialists, but I wasn't a socialist, and so I said nothing. Then they came for the Jews, and I wasn't a Jew, so then I said nothing. But then when they came for me, there was no one left to say anything. I mean, at some point, wrong is wrong. It doesn't matter the skin color. It's a living, breathing human being. So let's get back to our list. First of the first eight of the list, Robert Smalls, Bessie Coleman, Richard Nathaniel Wright, Claudette Colvin, Benjamin Singleton, 
Matthew Henson, Martin Delaney, and Henry McNeil Turner. And now I want to focus this last two segments on two that might be a little more familiar, but still less familiar. And the first one is Dr. Benjamin uh, Elias Mays. One of my favorite um, quotes comes from Dr. Mays. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, it's uh, it, We use it in our class, uh, and it's a, a great blessing to me. And uh, when I found out, I did a little research on Dr. Mays, and I can see why he penned these words. And here's the quote I love. It says, It must be borne in mind that the tragedy of life does not lie in not reaching your goal. The tragedy of life lies in having no goal to reach. Not failure, but low aim is sin. It isn't a calamity to die with dreams unfulfilled, but it is a calamity not to dream. Every man and woman is born in the world to do something unique, something distinctive, and if he or she does not do it, it will never be done. It isn't a disgrace not to reach the stars, but it is a disgrace to have no stars to reach for. Wow, what a great man. And the more I read about him, the more I like this guy. Uh, Again, uh, we we probably don't agree on a lot of things, uh, but we do agree on education. We do agree on love of God. We do agree that all men should be treated fairly and properly. Uh, And so what a good man, great man. I don't care what the color of his skin was. Uh, 1894 to 1984. He died uh, um, in 1984. Benjamin E. Mays was a pastor, a passionate advocate of education, and an inspirational leader in the modern civil rights movement. As the president of Morehouse College in Atlanta for 21 years, he guided the institution as it rose to the top ranks of the nation's historically black colleges. I think I got this from uh, the Morehouse website. Uh, God in education, it says. Mays was born in South Carolina on August 1st, 1894, outside a town in Greenwood County with the unlikely name of 96. He was the youngest child of Hezekiah Mays and Lavinia Carter. Hezekiah, you can tell that his dad was a man of God as well. Uh, freed slaves who became tenant farmers. As was typical for black children in the South at that time, his school year was very short, about four months, to prevent education from interfering with work in the fields. How sad. Over the strenuous objections of his father, Mays left home at the age of 16 in order to attend a high school run by the South Carolina State College in Orangeburg. Mays distinguished himself by being named valedictorian of the 1914 graduating class. From Orangeburg, Mays went on to another historically black institution, Virginia Union University in Richmond, and then on to Bates College in Lewiston, Maine. With its desegregated campus far from the south, Bates vastly expanded Mays' social and intellectual horizons. Finding himself equal to the academic challenges, he graduated Phi Beta Kappa in 1920 at the age of 26. Moved by strong religious feelings he had learned from his mother, Mays then enrolled at the Divinity School uh, of the University of Chicago. But by the end of his first year, his finances had deteriorated, and he was forced to take a leave of absence and get a job. Unfortunately, the president of Morehouse College, John Hope, offered him a position teaching mathematics and psychology. Mays accepted and moved to Atlanta. He also found a position as a pastor of a small Atlanta congregation and met and married Ellen Harvin. But, but tragically, oh, she died in childbirth in 1923. How sad. Mays returned to Chicago the following year and in 1925 completed work on his Divinity School master's thesis entitled Pagan Survivals in Christianity. Mays planned to continue his study towards a Ph.D., but once more was compelled by circumstances to return to teaching, at this time to his old alma mater, South Carolina State. Soon after assuming his new position, Mays married Sadie Gray, who was also a teacher at the college. Unfortunately, this violated institutional policy, and the couple was informed that one of them would have to resign. After searching in vain for new academic positions, Mays and his wife moved to Tampa, Florida, and became social workers for the Urban League. In 1928, they moved back to Atlanta to perform similar work with the YMCA. In 1930, Mays was awarded a fellowship by a Rockefeller Foundation support organization known as the Institute for Social Religious Research. 
Uh, incredible. May was offered a position as dean of, in the School of Religion by Howard University President Mordecai Johnson in 1934. He seized the opportunity and prospered in the Washington, D.C. based position for several years. Then in 1940, finally, May's career took a big leap. He was named president of Morehouse College. And that's really what he's known from. He's a great man. Uh, over the course of May's 27 years of leadership at Morehouse, attained financial stability, saw its campus double in size, and earned a national reputation for excellence. Beyond Morehouse, Mays continued to devote a good part of his time to the African-American community, both in Atlanta and around the nation. He was the leader of the NAACP and the World Council of Churches and was an advisor to Presidents Kennedy, Johnson, and Carter. The New York Times quoted King as calling Mays his spiritual and intellectual mentor. When King was assassinated, it was Mays who had the sad distinction of delivering his eulogy. What a great man, Benjamin Elijah Mays. Uh, and a man I knew of before I started this research. A man who deserves to be known by many more people. I am Mr. Black. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about Tremendous Ten. We'll be back in three minutes. I've been to training put on by Tony Robbins and Zig Ziglar, but I've never walked away with a growth experience like I did with the Leadership Awakening. Are you stuck in a rut? Have you leveled life's undulating line and flatlined your hopes and dreams? The time is now to attend Leadership Awakening with Mr. Black. Not since my Ranger training in the U.S. Army have I been pushed to see and feel the abilities I have to live life to the fullest. During this three-day life boot camp, you will clean up your thinking and restart your heart, helping you have the passion and enthusiasm your life's been missing. My my heart was spiritually mended. I'm excited about living my life like it matters. By far the best 46 hours I've ever spent. Graduates leave Leadership Awakening refocused with the biggest feeling of self-confidence and a renewed passion and enthusiasm for their business and their personal lives. Call now and commit to giving and getting more from life. 817-502-1554 or email me at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Here is your class valedictorian. You want your child to succeed at every level in life. To succeed, they need a solid foundation. Your child's education is an opportunity to instill a lifetime's worth of Christ-inspired principles to create that foundation. At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, we help your child get into a private Christian school for 50% off their first year. For more information, visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. When it comes to replacing your windows and doors, ignorance is not bliss. You only want to have to do it once, and you don't want to make a mistake. Great Plains Windows and Doors has been helping homeowners all over the Twin Cities with their replacement needs, utilizing the entire line of Anderson Core product, including the most popular 400 series, which contractors trust the most, and they're made right here in Minnesota. Now that sounds like bliss. For a truly remarkable experience, contact Great Plains Windows and Doors at greatplainswindows.com. Here's a real student testimonial from Like It Matters Leadership Awakening Training. The way we met Scott was through an answered prayer. We had a, uh, a business associate who recommended a leadership training process. Initially, you know, I had been through uh, just a series of all kinds of leadership training and felt like I had been trained as much as I possibly could. You know, we went and went hesitantly. But the one thing, it would have to be consistent with my faith. And uh, it was your awakening class. And uh, that class was absolutely not only uh, the, the answer to prayers, uh, business, but personally. It gave us the tools and it gave us the foundation to be able to really formalize and verbalize our values. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, and today uh, we're covering a show called The Tremendous Ten. Uh, it is uh, Black History Month. 
Uh, and so I thought that I would go through uh, and take a look at some, uh, some people of color, some great leaders, people who made an impact in the world, in America, not just in black America, but in America as a whole. Uh, and so if you're missing this radio show, go to likeitmattersradio.com like uh, and listen to this and other archive messages. Today we've talked about Robert Smalls, Bessie Coleman, Richard Nathaniel Wright, uh, Claudette Colvin, Benjamin Singleton, Matthew Henson, Martin Delaney, Henry McNeil Turner, uh, and last we covered was Benjamin E. Mays. And now I'd like to close it out with a person I have a, a lot more knowledge about. I used to be very politically active, uh, and that is Justice Clarence Thomas. Uh, and this is from an uh, opinion uh, editorial uh, that was uh, posted by Ken Blackwell just a few days ago uh, in um, Fox, uh, Fox News. It said, and remember the legacy of extraordinary black Americans. Why does Clarence Thomas always go ignored? It's an interesting question. And here's what he said. Black History Month should be a celebration of African Americans who have helped transform our nation. Sadly, this is not the case. To be included in the Black History Month celebration, one must be a progressive, or at the very least, a liberal, a Democrat, technically anything but a conservative. No doubt, that is why Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas one of the most influential black men in America, is routinely ignored, even marginalized, instead of celebrated as a man who has played a decisive role in American history, as well as black history, and serves as an inspiration to the African-American community. And by the way, there's a link in that article uh, about a documentary called Created Equal, Clarence Thomas in his own words, words, highly, 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 highly recommend it. But if you know anything about Clarence Thomas, the reason why you don't hear about him uh, is because he's conservative. Uh, And it's sad what was done to him. He's married to a white woman. Uh, He's uh, loved by Republicans. But because he doesn't think like a lot of other black people, he is called names by black people that uh, make me blush as a white man. I would never say those things. And yet there's a black person called another black person. Uh, and even though he's, his, his celebration should be clear for everybody, what he's overcome and what he's uh, accomplished, it's not the case. Since Thomas's confirmation to the Supreme Court, many liberals have pretended Justice Thomas does not exist, uh, writes Ken Blackwell. One of the most blatant examples of such behavior, and I, I was stunned when I saw this, uh, occurred when the National Museum of African American History and Culture, that they started opened a new museum just a couple years back called the National Museum of African American History and Culture. It's in Washington, D.C. I think it's part of the uh, Smithsonian. But it opened up without anything on Clarence Thomas, stunned by it. Uh, And there was a lot of uh, people complaining. Smithsonian officials faced intense backlash over the decision to snub the second black Supreme Court justice in history. Uh, Stunning, yet they gave space to Black Panthers, uh, hip-hop, Black Lives Matters activists were given space. But here's Clarence Thomas wasn't even mentioned. This entire museum of the success of black Americans in, uh, in America. Eventually, though, the museum gave in to public outcries and installed an exhibit honoring Thomas and former Justice Thurgood Marshall. Couldn't just do Thomas, of course. But to this day, if you click on the museum's homepage, you won't see an image or mention of him. St- this is really sad. Uh, and then the article goes on to say, try clicking on the exhibit titled Making Way Out of No Way, an exhibit dedicated to African Americans who, quote, created possibilities in a world that denied them opportunities, and you won't find a mention of Justice Thomas, even though the man's life story represents. That's just so sad, so sad. So. Uh, in 1991, if you don't know the history, I was active in politics at that time. President George W. Bush nominated Clarence Thomas Supreme Court. His confirmation hearings would test his character and principles in the crucible of national con- national controversy. Like the Bork hearings in 1987, the Democrats went after Thomas' record and his jurisprudence, especially natural law theory, but also attacked his character. 
when that failed, it was on the verge of being confirmed. Remember the Kavanaugh thing? Remember it was Mueller, uh, and then it was the Russians, uh, and then it was uh, the the Ukraine phone call. This is how the Democrats do it. When something doesn't work, they bring in something fake at the very end to destroy everything. So at the very end, right when he's being ready to be confirmed, a former employee, another black person, Anita Hill, again, used by the Democrats to attack another black man, came forth to accuse him of sexual harassment. The next few days of televised hearings riveted the nation, finally defending himself against relentless attacks, just like Kavanaugh did, by the Democratic senators, just like they did it to Kavanaugh on the committee. Thomas accused them of running a high-tech lynching for uppity blacks who in any way deemed to think for themselves, to do for themselves, to have different ideas. After wall-to-wall television coverage, according to the national polls, the American people believed Thomas by more than a two-to-one margin. Yet Thomas was confirmed by, at the time, was the closest margin in history, 52-48. to 48. So I went to this movie, Created Equal, the movie, uh, and just some great stuff uh, about Clarence Thomas. In 1948, Clarence Thomas was born into dire poverty in Pinpoint, Georgia, a gula-speaking peninsula in the segregated South. His father abandoned the family when Clarence was two years old. His mother, unable to care for two boys, brought Clarence and his brother Myers to live with with her father and his wife, Thomas's grandfather, Myers Anderson, whose schooling ended at the third grade, delivered coal and heating oil in Savannah. He gave the boys tough love and training and hard work. He sent them to segregated Catholic school where the Irish nuns taught them self-discipline and a love of learning. From there, Thomas entered the seminary, training to be a priest. As the times changed, Thomas began to rebel against the values of his grandfather, angered by his fellow seminarians, racist comments following the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr., and disillusioned by the Catholic Church's general failure to support the civil rights movement. Thomas left the seminary. His grandfather felt Thomas had betrayed him by questioning his values and kicked Thomas out of his house. In 1968, Thomas enrolled as a school scholarship student at the College of the Holy Cross in Massachusetts. While there, he helped found the Black Student Union and supported the burgeoning Black Power Movement. Then, Thomas's view began, views began to change, as he saw it back to his grandfather's values. He judged the efforts of the left and liberals to help his people to be demeaning failures. To him, affirmative action seemed condescending and ineffective, sending African-American students to school where they were not prepared to succeed. He watched the busing crisis in Boston tear the city apart. To Thomas, it made no sense. Why, he asked, pluck poor black kids out of their own bad schools, only to bus them to another part of town to sit with poor white students in their bad schools. At Yale University, he felt stigmatized by affirmative action, treated as if he were the only, was there only because of his race, minimizing his previous achievements. After graduating in 1974, he worked for then State Attorney General John Danforth, Missouri, eventually working in the Reagan administration, first running the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Education and then the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. In 1990, he became a judge on the U.S. Court Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia. And then in 1991, President George H.W. Bush nominated him for the Supreme Court, where he was ripped apart by blacks. And I'm stunned. You know, I, I got to be honest with you. Uh, I believe today's black Democratic leaders do more to hurt the black cause than anything else. The racism that's running rampant in Democratic politics, identity politics, we're pandering We're treating people uh, as just a vote. These are living, breathing human beings. I don't care what the color of someone's skin is. And, man, I'm a huge fan of Clarence Thomas, huge fan of Benjamin Mays, huge fans. Uh, Again, and I'm a a conservative. I'm a Trump supporter. Uh, I help people of all skin color. I've never treated anybody poorly because of the color of skin. Unfortunately, I have treated people poorly. For that, I know God's forgiven me. But every single human being basically are the same ones. They want to know they matter. They want to have security and safety. Uh, and they want to have a reason to get out of bed. I don't care whether your skin color is white or black, brown or yellow. And that really 
is what I believe. Let's judge people like Dr. King says, not by uh, things that they had no control over, but let's judge people. And by judging, I don't mean who is God's and who's not God, but how we treat them, not based on choices that weren't theirs, but based on choices that are theirs. That's the last thought I want to leave you with. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you to be more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. 2020 is the year your business is going to thrive. Or will it? Resolve to use digital marketing to your advantage with the help from the pros at Salem Surround. Whether you're just testing the waters of digital marketing or already have a plan in place that's not getting results, we give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Salem Surround provides your business with all your marketing needs under one roof. Face it, if you're not effectively using digital media, you're behind the competition and losing sales. Salem Surround will help identify any weak points in your marketing strategy and consult with you to bring solutions that will meet your needs and exceed your expectations. Total market penetration for increased return on investment. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Ringing. 